I just looked at my wrist, I got time today. Get them crossing the line today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping their gums and bumping my tape. Don't go against me. What's up, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. I am your host, Asia Abston. Welcome back to another episode. I have missed you guys like crazy. You know, I have been dropping so much content on my Instagram. I've just been all over the place, but I am back with another incredible episode for you guys. But first of all, that was Time Today by Moneybag Yo. I don't know what it is with rappers from Memphis, but I just, the vibes. I am so in love with Memphis rappers right now. So many good records are dropping. So that's how I wanted to kick the show off today. And I do have time today because I've got an incredible interview for you guys. I'm so blessed to have all this amazing content for you. Grab a notebook. You are going to want to write all of this down that you're going to hear today. Uh, Before we hop into it, I want to remind you to subscribe to the show, leave me your reviews, connect with me on Instagram. And if you missed anything from today's episode, just go down to the show notes in the episode and get links to everything that I talk about, everything that my guest talks about. You know that happens every single week. All right, guys, let's hop right into it. I have a special treat for you guys. I have um, basically the guy who invented the internet is sitting next to me. Get excited. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, Your coach's coach, uh, company builder, marketing guru, ads manager, Digital strategist, strategist, excuse me, Abu Fofana, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. I was trying to figure out who you was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Super excited uh, to be here and to be talking to you and your audience. Well, we are pumped to have you. Um, I think that that description honestly left some stuff out because you do everything. Yeah, I, I, I started by doing everything. And I think over time, I try to narrow down mm-hmm. where people know me for one thing. And then when they come to my shop, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could also do these other things. Heard. So you do a little bit of everything. Cool. How did you start that? Like, how did you start taking over Facebook ads, digital marketing? Like, I know you because I am in the e-commerce space. But for the people that don't know you on the show... How did you get into this? And then how did you get so damn good at it? Because Facebook ads make me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think it. back when Facebook started allowing people to run ads was back in 2008. And so that's when I first heard of ads and I saw other people running it. And I'm like, this, guy, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these people are making money, but this can't be real. And so that's when I first started learning about it back when Facebook first introduced it. And then later on, Instagram would adopt it. So when I was in college, I started a clothing brand. Uh, it was called Moab, stood for Motivational Apparel. And I was trying to figure out a way to sell the clothes that were to people that were outside of my campus. Mm-hmm. And so this was a challenge because I was in the middle of PA, four hours away from the closest city, and I was trying to figure it out. And I used to drive home, uh, drive to Philly and drive to the closest cities on the weekends, but then that would take a lot of my time from my schoolwork. Like physically try to drive out physically. and sell the shirts. Yeah, so the shirts That's I would crazy. sell would be going for like 15 You were selling mixtapes out the back of your <laughs> trunk, basically. $15, $25. I used to drive into four hours away, set up my little booth, 
make $300. And by the time I returned, all that money went to gas, right. tolls, food. Right. And so it, it was challenging. And so what I decided to do, because at that time I didn't have any more capital, yeah. I went to the local businesses on campus and I said, hey, let me run your ads. You give me the, your money too, but let me run your ads for you. And, that, and that's how I got really, really good from helping restaurants to yoga studios to um, institutions, other um, uh, professors really wait, sell their wait, items. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. So you were running ads on Facebook yeah, in correct. 2008. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. we're in 2021. I know. Well, see, y'all, when I tell you he basically invented <laughs> Facebook ads, that's what I mean. I guarantee you I don't have another listener that was running Facebook ads in 08. <laughs> that is crazy. So you had a lot of practice Correct. for your own business as well as other business owners. Correct. Okay. And then, you know, that t-shirt company business started doing really well because I used other people's capital to sharpen my skills. I know that's right. I'm and a big fan of other people's money. <laughs> listen, OPP, right? So, and what I ended up doing was, so this time I was about like uh, 18, 19 years old mm -hmm. and I ended up... Um, you know, being featured on like Business Insider because I was able to scale a business from in my dorm room. I moved my bed out. It was just inventory <laughs> in, in classes. Where did you sleep? On the floor. Oh my or God. on the inventory. That's crazy. <laughs> and in classes, I'd always be raising my hand, asking very specific questions right. to the professors because I was building this business. So it went from me to, uh, by the time I was 19 years old, I had 16 employees. That's crazy. And a lot of them were much older than me, but no one knew how old I was. And at this point, I was making six to thirty thousand dollars a month as a nineteen-year-old college student. That is so money insane. was different. <laughs> and that money went a long way yeah, back yeah. in two thousand eight. Listen, listen. <laughs> balling. What listen. did you originally go to school for? I went to school. Well, I uh -oh. bounced around a little bit because originally people were like go be an accountant because that's where the money is. I'm like, no, nice. be in finance. That's where the money is. But no, but I ended up majoring in supply chain and information systems. Okay. And then when I left school, I went to go study fashion design in Milan, Italy. Oh. So yeah, I have like, uh, like I know a diverse so, background. Yeah, diverse okay. Background, and correct. it lends to what you're doing now. Absolutely. Uh, most people, if they look at my resume, they'll see that I did a lot of things. And they're like, well, how does it connect? Right. But you have to realize when you're marketing, you're pulling from different industries. Mm -hmm. You're using different parts of, you know, strategy from retail or strategy from, you know, finance or strategy from supply chain in order to resonate with your audience or in order to make your sales. And so, um, so that's how I got really good um, at that, you know, voted like one of the top students at that time. Um, and that was the beginning. I got sponsored by John Legend, Damon John. I was featured on TV, halftime commercial. At 19, 20. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. That is wild. Awesome. That's yeah. a good beginning story. That's a good origin story. Yeah. That seems like a superhero movie is on the way. That's why you're yeah. like the ads superhero. This is what I'm trying to tell you. And most of my listeners are side hustlers, aspiring entrepreneurs they want to be in that space they want to learn marketing they want to master ads but i'm not a big college promoter i'm yeah. more of a find a mentor mm. take a course uh align yourself with someone who can teach you because time is not money time is time you can't get right. that time back you don't have four years to go learn uh in a school and get in massive debt when you could align yourself with a mentor that could teach you something that you're not even going to learn in school. 
Yeah, and, and you know, I think that for those individuals who are, you know, running side hustles or who are in school still, um, you know, do both. You know, when I was in school, I realized if I started a business and I failed, I still left with a college degree like everyone else, mm -hmm. right? I'd done the minimum like everybody else. If I'm in nine to five and my side hustle doesn't work, I'm still making an income. Right. And so I think that uh, you have to understand, you know, what can I leverage where, with, with where I am? When you're a college student, everyone wants to help you for free. That changes once you leave. When you're nine to five, you have additional capital, whether it's $10 a week you put on the side or $100 a week to leverage that and leverage, well, why are you there? They hired you because of a reason. Mm -hmm. So are you the best presenter, right? Are you the best at putting together Excel spreadsheets? What can you do in leverage in that position in order to start and amplify that side hustle you have in order to make more money and to get to that goal mm -hmm. that you need in order to leave? But mentorship comes along with that. Mm -hmm. And so I know we're saying, okay, you have to, you know, it's not doing the most. It's about, you know, finding and, and finding people and things that you align with the most. And then once you do that and it's, uh, it's a passion, it's a lot easier to get up for it every day. It's a lot easier after work to then go put in another five hours. Yeah, right? because you love it. I agree. Absolutely. That's a big takeaway, guys. Write that down. Do not go to your job for 40 hours a week or go to your school for 40 hours a week and only leave there with a paycheck or only leave there with a degree. Make sure that you are taking those skills that you're being paid to do and 10xing them at every opportunity and look there and see what there is that you're being trained for um, that you can multiply later in your life, take into your business space. I agree. And Write that down. <laughs> and, you know, I think one of my friends changed my perspective mm -hmm. on, like, work and ha when I was working a nine-to-five. And they, they called their job their investor. I know, that's right. Because they're investing in your side hustle and the, the things that you're trying they to They just pursue. don't know it yet. They don't know it yet. <laughs> right. And so if you're in that position, you need to change that perspective and say, you know what, I'm going to my investor today. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to my job. I'm going to my investor. I bet your attitude would be totally different. Completely different completely different that work day will go a lot faster if you thought you were going to your investor uh before we get into the rest of the questions okay. i need a cocktail recommendation from you what is the get drunk cocktail of the week <laughs> what do they drink in philly put me on or in, in pennsylvania right, excuse right. me <laughs> no i think that uh you know i've i've traveled a lot of places and I think uh, the thing that I go to is like a Moscow Mule. You know? A Moscow Mule. Yeah, a Moscow Mule. They call it different different places, but at the end of the day, it's a Moscow Mule. You so keep a lot it of times, simple. Yeah, it's like, you know, ginger beer. I love ginger. So ginger in anything and a mixture of like, you know, vodka and lime. So it's, it's super about, simple. Yeah, All yeah. right, girls, you heard it here first. We have the Moscow Mules with Abu. Uh, I need a vacation to have a Moscow <laughs> Mule, like being in Miami. I know I live on vacation, y'all, but I need an actual vacation far away with no responsibilities uh, while we're talking about cocktails. So I have a whole list of questions for you. Okay. Let's get into them. Uh, so to me, Facebook ads are harder to learn than Hebrew. Uh, I don't know what it is. My brain just does not work that way. And I know that I am not alone. Why are Facebook ads so hard to conquer? And how would you suggest us short bus students learn to conquer them? 
Yeah, I think it's hard to conquer because, um, you know, we are building businesses based from our gut. Mm -hmm. We're like, I know people want this, but we're not saying, okay, I have data that supports why people want this product or service, mm -hmm. right? It's and just emotion. It's off of emotion. And so, but like, who do we go to? Like, if you don't grow up in a family of other business owners, you know, how do you, what do you reference? You know, you see what you see on TV on Shark Tank. Right. And you're like, oh, that's it. Oh, I, I got to do that. Do it. Right. <laughs> and that's so, not how it works exactly. <laughs> right. So with ads, you have to have a commitment and saying, you know what? I understand that, you know, I need to know more than uh, having a gut feeling on my business. I need to know that, you know, I need to make sales in order to stay in business. Mm -hmm. In order to make sales, I need to understand the margins of my business. How much am I selling the product for? So if you can say, okay, I am going to fall in love with the numbers, then when you get into advertising, it looks daunting because it's unfamiliar. Mm. Instagram looks appealing, right? You scroll through, you see things, it's, it's visually appealing. Facebook is visually appealing, but their advertisement platform that you use to actually market looks clunky. Yeah. It looks It looks like you're trading on a stock Hebrew. market. Hebrew. <laughs> Legit Hebrew. <laughs> but I, I think if you spend the time in understanding that it, 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 it is digestible, right? Okay. You understand that, you know, marketing campaigns, mm -hmm. right? In a campaign, you have to target people. Right. And then you have to show those people you're targeting some sort of content. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at it that way, I need content. I need to understand who I'm targeting. Then it's a lot easier to think it outside before you get into the ads manager. OK, what do I need to do? Once I understand that, it's easy to just plug that in. Mm -hmm. But the issue is when you start inside the ads manager, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to think. Yeah. <laughs> it's too many buttons. It's too many questions. It's too many options. It's too many A-B tests. I'm overwhelmed. I can't start here. Right. And right. I know that you've heard other entrepreneurs say exactly that. I think that's a breakthrough. Write that down, y'all. Start outside of the ads manager. Figure it out in your mind, maybe figure it out on a flow chart, on paper, somewhere before you jump into ads manager because I agree 100%. You guys know, obviously as a podcaster, I have to edit the show and there's 5,000 buttons and 500 volumes and levers and shenanigans and I taught myself that, but I cannot teach myself Facebook ads. I don't know why. But I'm going to do that. Right, right. I'm going to take that advice because obviously you know. Yeah, it'd be a game changer. It'd be a game changer for you when you understand what you need to do. And then it's like, okay, well, now I just got to find where the buttons are. But I know exactly what I'm trying to do here. What I'm looking for. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> well, y'all heard it here first. I'm going to uh, try again for the 9,000th time to conquer uh, Facebook ads. So I know that you're a huge fan of automation. I am the same way. Uh, I really believe in working smarter and not harder. In what ways do you automate the processes in your business? Yeah, so uh, I think I start by uh, identifying, you know, where am I spending most of my time? Mm -hmm. And then what are things that are priority? And then what's the value of that? And so the reason why I sort of have these three categories is because I will write a to-do list and then the next day I'll get started on that list. And what I realize is that I don't do anything on the list. Oh. And so I started recording my days. And so I have a to-do list and a to-don't list. Okay, and so I like the to-don't list. I started list. realizing my to-don't list was a lot longer and I would get everything done there. But this is my 
AKA procrastination list. Mm. I do everything on that list. I feel like I'd die if I didn't get to it, right? Gotcha. And that's what happens when you have a to-do list. So once I identified, you know, what are the things that are priority? What's the value associated with it? Then I had to ask myself, do I need to do it? Or, or can, can I outsource else? this? Correct. Yeah. And so delegating became a really big part of my automation. Uh, putting people in places that could also critically think without you. Mm -hmm. The other aspects of that is, you know, when you're running a business, any business, you have customer service is a big part. So putting people and FAQs in places, uh, making sure that people could get their answers through the product descriptions right. if you're running an e-commerce. Instead of having to email you every day on time to exactly. ask you simple questions that should be on your product description. Right, I right, agree. right. And so these are the start some of the things I started looking at to to automate the experience of the customer because when you sell things, it's less about you, mm -hmm. right? It's more about how that customer has that experience and getting to that product or service that you're providing. So once I identified those things, I started looking at okay, now what are the systems that are within my budget? Mm -hmm. Because there are systems that are, there are plenty of systems that could solve your problem, but you have to figure out what are the systems in my budget and do I understand how to use it? Mm -hmm. The issue with automation is a lot of times people will hire for something that they've never used. Mm. Now they become dependent yes. on that person yep. and to that do it person. For them. And they're, they're tied to that. Their budget is tied to that and they can't grow or scale without that person. Correct. And then that person holds them hostage forever. Yep, that's exactly how it works. And so I think these are the things you need to identify first and then say, okay, what are the tools that are within my budget in order for me to, to automate? To make things simpler. Exactly. So what businesses are you in now? I know that you, we're going to talk about Power Your Launch. <laughs> You guys get excited for that, but what <laughs> other avenues, like what things do you have your hands in? Yeah, so I also run a drop shipping store. I know that's right. <laughs> okay. Now y'all know. Don't get me started. Drop shipping 101. The link is in the show notes. Let's talk about it. Drop right. shipping is bay. It is. It is. It is a you know good opportunity to even test out businesses before you go all in. Oh, I like by, that. By drop shipping. Because eventually what you want to do is white label right mm -hmm. you want to make it exclusive you want to make it easy for yourself, it easy yeah. for yourself. Um, um and so and you want to build a, a, a loyal customer base as well as you transition to white labeling and so uh, drop shipping has been that for me and mm -hmm. i've been drop shipping so many different stores right and <laughs> i'm literally running stores that i haven't checked since forever last year but they're still <laughs> generating a few thousand dollars each i know month, that's right? right i love that yeah. well stay tuned for drop shipping 102 guys <laughs> uh i might have to collab with abu on this stay tuned let me see if i can afford him <laughs> okay so you've got a drop shipping store we know about power your launch which we're going to deep dive into later yep. What else do you have your hands on? So I, other than being my coach's coach, <laughs> so literally I, my coach's coach. So I, over time, I've become like a industry person that people go to for marketing, advertisement. So corporate companies will fly me in to give them my opinion, mm -hmm. um, and so and they'll pay me ten thousand dollars an hour to do. I know this. that's right, and as so, it should be. <laughs> I'll, I'll go in and they'll whether they have an agency, they'll have them in the same room as me, and they'll just start talking and. The end of the day, like, okay, Abu, what do you think? Right, and, and you'll I'm, tell them all of that was trash. Right. Let me tell you what you should have done. <laughs> and so, Is that right? Yeah, and just for my opinion. And I'm like, man, I could get used to this. And so that's what I do, um, you know, a, a few times out the month. Mm -hmm. Companies fly me in, and I'll go, and, I, and I'll do that for them. And uh, it doesn't, so I'm not doing the implementation. Right, you're just I, telling them I'm what just, they should do. Exactly. How exactly. many 
uh, tears do you leave in those conference rooms where all these ad guys, all these billion dollar, you know, companies and all these degrees and you just show up in a t-shirt like, nope, this is terrible. Do better. Yeah. And a, and a lot of times, like, there's the animosity because I am in a t-shirt and sweatpants, right? And black on right, top of right. that. And so, I'm black. So yeah. they're already mad. Like, wait a minute now. Who... Who let him in here? Right, right, right. But you're right, and they're not hiring you because, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. They're hiring you because you're the best in the game. Absolutely. And they see me everywhere, right? right. So they're like, okay, this guy has to know what he's talking about. And, you know, he, here's his proven track record. Oh, he also worked in corporate before. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could go find him here. You know, he has strong sponsors. So people are seeing the trail that you've uh, are building. Yeah, and a lot of times, a lot of times, you're you don't realize that these moments right now are going to be people are going to be able to search it later on, mm -hmm. and they're going to say, okay, well, what did you do in these situations? Why did this company just like what happened? You mm -hmm. know, and you have to be able to especially as you get more and more visible and you want people to hire you at this capacity and pay you the, a bunch of money to be able to say you know this is what i've been able to do over time and so i think they're they're bringing me in based on you know the things that i've done and so it's i mean it's cool it's a cool position to be in i like it i need to get some speaking engagement uh <laughs> sign me up if you want to book me i am available <laughs> if I don't know what I'm talking about, I will figure it out by the time we have our event. Let me um, let me add that to my repertoire, public speaking. Uh, I got another question for you. Yeah. So what are some marketing strategies that you think young entrepreneurs are sleeping on? Like what's the most underserved or underrated or, or uh, most ignored marketing strategy that we should be looking into? Yeah, so I'm thinking about a lot of different things, but I, I think that the most underrated is you know, manual effort. Mm. Uh, everyone wants to automate everything. Right. Right. They want to automate. Which we just talked about. They want to automate that webinar and make a million dollars overnight, <laughs> yeah. but they haven't even sold it manually. Right. Mm. They haven't sold it going live. And so, you know, they get frustrated when people DM them. Right. But you also have to understand that you could make that experience better and close and make the sale. And so you have to identify getting is getting on the phone worth it. In the mm. beginning, yes. I always tell people if you have a low budget, you have you need to have a high level of effort right. when it comes to marketing. If you have a high budget of marketing, you can have less effort. Listen, do your thing. Right? Right. Do your thing. And so I think you know some of the things from responding. You know they always say you know uh, ninety percent of things are you know things that get closer follow up, following back up with somebody because mm -hmm. they've already showed you that they're interested. Correct. So why would you let that warm lead die because you're not in the mood to respond? Correct. And for those people who are, you know, running businesses, another really good thing to do is go live. All people want to know is if you know what you're talking about. Mm. So whether you're a coach, you're a consultant, you know, you're running an online course or you're, you're selling products that you could wear, that you could put on your skin. All people want to know and what they want to see is, OK, this person knows what they're talking about. I resonate with this brand. Therefore, now it's a lot easier to get that transaction and make the sale. The no like and trust factor. Absolutely. Got it. So you guys are sleeping on 
the manual effort behind marketing your brand? Listen, I have a, a sales chat on my checkout page and people think it's somebody else, but it's really me. Oh, nice. It's really me. I pay $19 a month for this chat and this chat brings me $100,000 a month. I heard that. Because all people want to know, literally when they chat, they're like, is this really a boo? <laughs> <It's> like, <"Yeah." laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's me. They're like, okay, I'm going to go buy now. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's what's up. All right, guys, you're hearing it from the man himself. Um, I've got another one for you. So Facebook loves to get over on us with boosting posts, right? So maybe if they listen to you, tell them to hang up boosting posts, they'll do it. Or are you about to blow me away and tell me that you are a fan of boosting posts on Facebook? No, not me. Okay, good. Just making sure. No, no. I think it is such a scam. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it is for. It right? is not advertising. That's it, what it's not. They're they're serving tiers of people, right? right? They realize that person has no idea what they're doing is going to click boost. Mm -hmm. And that's a money-making opportunity 100%. for them. 100%. They're printing money from y'all boosting pages <laughs> and you're not making a damn sale. Right. And so I always tell people, I advise them that, you know, let's say that you, you were going out on a date, right? Mm -hmm. You got all dressed, you got your nails, hair done, everything. You get to the restaurant and they come over and they give you a limited menu of three items. And it's all meat options and you're vegan. Oh. <laughs> so that's almost like boosting posts. You're limited right. on what you can do when it comes to marketing on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Or you could go to the ads manager and it's like a buffet. You have options. Okay. So even if you're a vegan, you know, okay, well, I could mix these two things together. I can make something shake. Exactly. And so that sort of... Um, and, and it's funny because I used to actually train a lot of Facebook employees on ads, on yeah. Facebook and Instagram ads. And then they created their own program and still most of their employees come to my program because there's just a level of detail, mm -hmm. um, a level of transparency telling people Boost does not work. They still advertise Boost as something they do, that works effectively. Of course they do because it prints them money. But it, but it doesn't. So if you are listening to this, whether it's in the year 2050, <laughs> please don't Boost post. Right, no matter what year, what day, what time, uh, what galaxy you are in, Boosting posts is a scam. I would prefer you send that money to me. I will uh, shout you out or something, tweet you something. Yep, send us the money. Don't <laughs> send it to Facebook to get no results. Right. See, and you're hearing this from the man himself, y'all. I'm not making this up. Uh, so what would you say is the biggest misconception around running a social media-based business? I think even today, people sort of... It d depends what circles you're in, right? If you're working a nine to five and you tell someone, oh, I run a social media business. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they think you a scammer. They think you sell a uh, flat tummy tee <laughs> right, and waist right. trainers. <laughs> right, right. They think it's cute. They're like, oh, okay, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a job. <laughs> like, and, and so running a social media based business is a very lucrative business. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to position yourself to the right people. And so there are corporate companies that will pay you money. I know this because I know mediocre white men that run social media companies and they just started yesterday, but they realize it's such a lucrative industry and so they're making a lot of money where I know my friends who are so skilled yeah. talk themselves out of it. They're like, well, who would want to do this? Yeah. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. And so I would say anyone that is in that space, just look around. TikTok, right? Just look around at these businesses, Clubhouse. 
right? Now people are looking for clubhouse managers, right? Yeah. And so I think there is opportunity. You have to find what you want to be known for. Do you want to be known for, okay, I am the Instagram or the clubhouse uh, uh, manager, right? And when people get to know you, you could also then tell them, hey, I do these other things. But if you market yourself as everything, it's hard. If you say, okay, I do social media, I do advertisement, yeah. you know, I also do product shots, Pick I also do photography. You can't be a, a, what is it, master, what is it? A jack, jack of, of all, all trades. trades, master of none. Pick a lane, pick a niche, pick a side. You will be blown away by how far you can go when you niche down and niche again and find your own thing. There will be no competition in the lane that you carve out for yourself. If you're trying to be everybody, and trying to do everything, you will get absolutely nowhere. Yeah, no, I, I, I really agree with that, and that's what I tell people, but it doesn't sound sexy, right? right. It's like, wait, so you want me to just focus on one, one thing? one thing, right. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's like that one thing will get to a, get you to a million dollars faster than trying to do seven, mm. right? And I know people read in th those books that say, you know, seven streams to a million to become a millionaire, but you have to realize at that point, they've already become a millionaire, mm. and now they're diversifying their streams. Mm -hmm. And so one thing will get you there a lot quicker if you just focus in on that. When you look at corporate ladders, the more you climb, you, you specialize. Right. Right? And they start paying you more, the more specialized you are. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in, in entrepreneurship. The more you have a specialty, the more money you could make. And even on those seven streams of income, just a point on that, guys, 100% you should have multiple streams of income, but it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it is. You can have one main project and then branch that off into other things. Like, you know, I just dropped... Dropshipping 101, my class where I teach you to launch your dropshipping business. And guess what? That's becoming an ebook. And then it's going to become Dropshipping 102. It's one product that I'm already an expert in and I'm making it into separate uh, pieces of content that will make me money. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and think you need to open an ice cream shop and a law firm and do hair and be a real estate investor, you can pick one thing and still make money multiple ways from that one project, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's how it, it worked for me. I remember when I was trying to do a lot of things, it was hard to hit my financial goals that I set for myself. Mm -hmm. And then when I focused on one thing, I was like, man, like, why didn't I do, do this, this earlier? Sooner. Yeah. yeah, and it's easier on your mind, yeah. on your mental health, on your body, on everything because Everything's kind of streamlined through one funnel. Correct, correct. Look at me dropping Listen, amazing segues, honey, because we about to talk about sales funnels. <laughs> Get into it. That's how you know I'm an interviewer extraordinaire. <laughs> um, so sales funnels, um, I'm a lot better with my sales funnels than I will ever be with Facebook ads. I just get it. I think it's because I come from a hospitality background okay. and I know how to reel people in get them interested, move them to the next thing, and get all the money out of them and get them to advocate for me later. That came from my hospitality background. But what is your stance on sales funnels? What are we sleeping on? What should we be doing to get customers into our funnels? Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's, I really appreciate that you've honed in and, you know, you are using sales funnels and you understand your customers are on a journey. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like the starting point, understanding that the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes I see entrepreneurs make 
They try to take a marketing umbrella strategy and try to reach everyone. Right. But you have to realize there are segments of people inside of your audience, right? There's a niche inside of the niche, right? There's a segment inside of the niche where you have to talk to them differently. Right. And based you have, on where they are. Based on where they are. And so this is what I call the customer placement map. If someone is, has no idea who you are and someone who's bought from you before, you should not be marketing to them the same way. Mm -hmm. And so you should have a different customer journey flow or a different sales funnel flow in order to get them to buy from you. That person who has bought from you before, you should be talking to them about buying that complimentary item or, hey, do you need a refill? Hey, here are new products that we launch. They want less of a introductory on who you are because they've already bought. Right. They already know the product is good. They've proven that they like it with their money. Absolutely. And then that person has no idea who you are. You need to nurture them a little bit different. They want to be finessed. Yeah. And so I think that for those who don't have a sales funnel, just think about the, the simplest way to understand it. Like think about an offline funnel. When I get a notification from Target, 70% off, I'm riding in my car, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to way. Target, and I'm putting things in my item, and then on, on in line, waiting to check out, I'm putting more things in my item, but that's an offline sales funnel. It's just a step-by-step -step to get you to the objective, mm -hmm. which was for you to come into the store and eventually then buy. And so when we're looking at sales funnels, Amazon did this study a few years ago, and they were looking at why are products selling so well? And they boiled it down to, okay, are there testimonials on the website? Mm -hmm. You know, are there um, different types of reviews? What's the product description like? Are there videos? And so for those of you who have, you know, step-by-step -step processes or a sales funnel, ask yourself, what are the things that you look for when you're getting ready to buy? And then ask yourself again, do I have those things in place? And a lot of times, it's no. Right. You're expecting people to go to your website. <laughs> and just love it and, and buy everything. you have no reviews mm -hmm. on that product that you just ordered a thousand of. And you're That's expecting crazy. to just sell out. It doesn't work, work that, that way. way. Yeah. And so you have to understand, okay, I need to maybe you know, work on getting some reviews for this product. So to make that a lot easier when someone is here and they're looking to buy. And that applies to service-based businesses as well. Don't think that because you don't have a physical product, uh, we both sell digital products and still have reviews and still have testimonials and still have videos because they work. People want to see other human beings that potentially look like them is even better, buy the same thing and get results. You don't have to wait until you know a customer is a year out of your program. How do they feel the moment it's done? Do they feel like they've achieved something? They've learned something? Do they emotionally feel better? Whatever you did for them, get that in writing and put that on your site, put that on your social media and help let it help you make money. Right. And, and it'll make a big difference in your business. Like it'll make a, a huge difference. It's a lot of work to get that testimony because you may say, well, I emailed them. Or, well, <laughs> show up at their doorstep. Okay. You know you, Call them on the phone. <laughs> you know they got to go to the grocery store. <laughs> you know, meet them where they are, right? And, and get that testimonial. I heard that. I agree 100%. Uh, so I just took your webinar recently because I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to master ads, the whole nine. And you really got us together about monetizing and um i've been monetizing my social media for quite some time but in hindsight i should have been doing it sooner 
I just didn't. I was under those same misconceptions that, oh, I don't have enough followers or I don't have a verified, you know, little blue check or, uh, you know, just no one cares. They don't want to spend money with me. And I waited so long to monetize my social media brand. Uh, what would you say to that? Yeah, and you know, in, in that webinar it talks about the multiplying effect, right? Mm -hmm. How much money did you leave on the table? Yes, and that's how years. salty I feel. Of how many years I let these people keep their money when they wanted to give it to me. Right, right. I just right. was too scared to ask for the sale, like a dummy. Yeah, and so th those are the misconceptions, right? People really believe that you know, in order to make sales that you need to, you know, have a $10,000 website, yep. you need to, you know, have, you know, 100,000 people following you. A celebrity endorsement. Celebrity endorsement. Be on the shade room or some shenanigans. And, and what I learned, you know, long time ago, when these individuals with a million followers on their accounts would DM me, and at that time I was just starting on Instagram, that time I had a thousand followers, I'm like, wait, what? Right. Like, why, why are you in my it's DMs? So backwards. <laughs> yeah. Why are you here? And I realized that, you know, there, it doesn't equate. Just because you have a lot of followers doesn't does not... equal dollars. Absolutely. And we yeah. see this time and time again, whether it's that woman that was trying to sell 36 t-shirts or uh, even celebrities who can't think about it. There are celebrities and, and artists and musicians who, who can't sell, right, their, their, their CDs, right, who can't sell their, their launches they have, and they have a blue check, mm -hmm. right? And so you have to realize, well, where does the money actually go? Maybe it's the recording artist, right? Maybe it's the, you the know, label. The, the label. Right. And so people will buy what they resonate with, right? My mentor used to always tell me, you know, to sell, you have to resonate. And so whether you have five people following you, and I'm thinking about my dropshipping store, I have 43 followers, but I make like 12 to 18,000 a month, and I haven't checked it in a year. Right. So people will buy what they resonate with. And so you have to ask yourself, and I want you to start today, right? Start selling today. Get on live, post on Instagram, do a call to action, yes. email that list, whatever it is, because what I don't want to happen is when this actually hits you a few years later, right. you're like, how much money did <laughs> I leave a few years ago? You're in my position of just doing the math of how much money I left on the table and let me do you one better. Boom. So because I podcast, you know, my audience is very connected with me. Every week they hear from me. They know my life story. We talk about business, travel, entrepreneurship, whatever. I would get calls and emails and DMs saying, what offer do you have? Or, or uh, do you do consulting or do you have a class? And I'm like, no, like boo boo the right. fool. <laughs> I feel so like, dumb. Yeah, I'm gonna create that class. Yeah, yes. You know, here's my PayPal link. You know, how drop. insane? <laughs> how much money yeah. did I leave behind because I didn't know better or I didn't believe that people wanted to pay me, even though they told me that they wanted to pay me. So take a boo's advice today. Drop that call of action drop that email, go live, do the thing that you're most scared to do and start doing it on the regular. We're in 2021. Last year was insane. We have no more time to waste. It's too much money available on Beyonce's internet for you not to be out here trying to get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> as long as you don't boost posts, you're going to be doing fine. <laughs> I'm serious. I hate boosting posts. All right. I've got another question for you. So you work with a lot of black women entrepreneurs, which is obviously near and dear to us at the Get Rich Crew. Shout out to all my listeners. Uh, why do you think 
A, that that is, and B, that black women seem to be um, the biggest growth department in um, entrepreneurial journeys? Yeah, so that's a good question, and it's it's a few things. One, I was raised by a single parent. My mom raised seven kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord, send her some flowers just now. <laughs> Refugee. So, like, when we came here, we were super poor, mm. and I saw her getting denied of a lot of opportunities because she was a woman, a black woman. Mm -hmm. And as a child, she didn't think I'd remember those things, but I, I did. I I always joke around with people and tell people I was grown at four because I wanted to go oh. work. And, and make money and take care of my mom. And so I realized early on, and I didn't, I couldn't put context to it. Right. You know, why weren't they hiring her? Like, she was qualified, right? Why wasn't she getting opportunities? I didn't quite understand because I'm... Correlation. Yeah, I'm new to this. I'm just trying to figure it out. And as years would go on, I would hear other people share the same stories as my mom, mm -hmm. right? Other women, other black women, African women. And I'm like, okay, something is going on here. And so what I decided to do um, when I was in high school and I remember got, getting my first job, I started putting money aside to give uh, scholarships to uh, 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 to black women. Mm -hmm. So at that time, it was like $100. You know, I thought I was doing something Still, in high school. Still, <laughs> like you did that in high school. That's beautiful. Yeah, and so every year, I would always do that. You know, it grew to $500, $600. Anyways, and... What happened um, as I was growing that, I started seeing and started being around other black women entrepreneurs. And I remember hearing them and, and they would say, yeah, I just hired this company, but they're really not listening to me. Mm. You know, and I was like, well, what do you, Hello. What do you want? Like, I know every girl in my audience <laughs> just said, oh, the story of my life, carry on. And I was like, well, what do you want? And they was like, oh, I'm just trying to run ads here. I'm like, oh, I, I can I'll teach you that. that. Right, right. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I can help you with that. And what started happening, then they would refer, they'd be like, yeah, Boo helped me with that. Mm -hmm. And then another black woman. And <laughs> if you do good work, especially for black women, they'll talk about you. Yeah. You know, they'll champion you. And so these are things I didn't know then. I just did it because I'm like, come on, like, right, just do it you. this way. Yeah. Right. And over time, that grew. Uh, and every like all a lot of black women would just come to me. They're like, okay, but what do I do now? I'm just like, uh, <laughs> you do it this way. And so um, when I decided to pivot any business I decided to go in, black women were always my Following biggest support. You. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, okay, but what are you doing? Okay, I, we're how, buying it. How we're can in. I support you? Yeah. And so when I launched this online course, uh, Power Launch back in 2019, um, I launched it, and the first cohort was like all black women. There was one one black man uh, men in there. And then um, we served over like 5,000 people. 98% of my audience are black women that champion me. Crazy. And now this comes with a... Um, so here's what happens when you start serving black women. When do, you, do tell. <laughs> do tell. Tell me when more. When you start serving black women, other people get uncomfortable. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> tell us about it. Tell us more. And... and to, to, and I'll get to your point about black women being the fastest growing entrepreneurship group. But as I was serving black women publicly, uh -huh. right, not privately, right. right, publicly, you start other, you start making other people uncomfortable. And I don't know why. But I would they mad, they jealous, <laughs> and would, they're haters. That's I why. would have men reach out to me. I would have like, what about us? You don't right. rock with us. You don't want us to get any money. Right. And and it w it was never about that. Right. I I create value. People who see the value. Show up. Show up. And black women saw the value. That's it. Now, on the other side of that, white women would start emailing oh, me. Oh, I'm sure they were <laughs> devastated. Heartbreak Drake. 
angrily. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Big bad. And so there's different types of white women. There are white women that see value. They'll take the program. Right. But then there's white women that see excluded. They'll see color first. Yeah. And they're like, well, I don't know if I belong. If this is for me. <laughs> like, girl, I'm teaching ads. Ads don't have anything to do with being black. Right. Facebook will take my money if I was purple or green. Absolutely. Just align yourself. And it's just so crazy that that's how the world works that the uh the standard sadly is white and then if black people want to participate sure we'll let y'all in and it doesn't work in reverse like many white people have this concept of if black people are participating in it that must mean that we are excluded when life doesn't work this way it doesn't and so everything is meant in marketing it tracks to like white women white men right 100%. That, and so here i am using black women to market with you know here i am serving black women and and i think that plays a part into why black women are the fastest growing because you know the one they're underserved right so then they create their own opportunities right that quote around you know if you if you uh, uh teach if you give a man education he'll like teach himself if you teach you know a woman she'll teach the, the village and the whole world yep. and so so there's that aspect too is that they're you know sort of uh people have this um you know i don't know this uh, attachment with uh wanting to mentor them instead of giving them capital right Ooh, and so and, preach on it preach <laughs> and and so i think with everything stacked against them yeah we don't have a lot of opportunities we don't have a lot of choices backs against the wall yeah and they're like okay well i'm gonna just have to roll up my sleeve mm -hmm. and i'm gonna have to do it for myself it shouldn't be that way right, right? but so that's not, just what it is it's and and so you could see that so they're the least funded group mm -hmm. and they're the fastest growing yep and so What's and a lot of times are the most profitable. Mm -hmm. So what is actually I heard that. happening? Say that again. The most profitable. profitable. So what is actually happening, right? And so that's the question that I've been trying to figure out. So if they're doing more with less, right? Why aren't, aren't they getting more? Investing in them. Why aren't I people know. investing that's in them? That's how serious the systemic racism is. That's how serious patriarchy is. Like you just said, if they're doing less with more. This is the group of people that you should be 10xing, doubling down on, and it's not. We are the most overeducated yet underpaid group of people. Like, that's part of why I started the podcast. Nobody was gonna hire me to uh, run my mouth about business and entrepreneurship and things I was interested in. It wasn't gonna happen. I don't have a college degree, I don't have the right connections. It didn't exist. I literally had to build my own table because no one was going to hire me. So you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell us, we know, but it's fantastic to hear that you are such a big fan of black women entrepreneurs and clearly they're a big fan of you and look where your business is built on the love and support from your community. No, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, it's always great when, when I, when I can help and, and have those dialogues and, you know, when I am helping, you know, black women that look like my mom, right? And so these things, you know, come full circle. I never knew I'd be here. You know, now when you look back, it's a lot easier to see the clues and say, okay, I can see why I'm on this trajectory. But when you're doing the work and you're in those moments, you, you don't know. You're just doing with, you know, what your heart and gut is telling you to do at that time. And so, you know, it's absolutely, you know, amazing being surrounded by them all the time because... I'm always learning from them. You know, I'm always, and I don't know everything, right? I don't know everything. I'm always constantly learning how to be a, a better person, right? A better business uh, person. And so I'm, um, 
I'm always learning. I'm always learning. I love it. I love it. I told y'all he was going to be good, and he is giving you what we came here for. Uh, so I've got two more questions for you. But before we do that, I need the get rich tip of the week. Now, every answer you've given us has been a get rich <laughs> tip of the week. But give me a uh, actionable tip for the culture. What should we be doing with our finances? Yeah, so I think that if uh, for those of you who are marketing, right, who are small business owners or business owners uh, or just starting out, understand that, you know, there's there's always a cycle and, and game to everything. So right now, if you're running a business and you're charging everything to your debit card, right, that may not be the best idea because you could get a credit card under your business name. Mm -hmm. You make sure you have separate accounts for your business. Don't co-mingle the funds. Do not do that. <laughs> do not. Because the thing is, when you get, you know, um, you know, every year when you submit, you get your taxes, et cetera, they could actually go back as long as they want. They could say, you know what, let's go back and get this person mm -hmm. from the year one of their business. And so make sure you have separate accounts. But also, the reason why I say that is because when you do have the credit card, look at credit cards that give you rewards for your spending. Mm. And so recently, um, and I'm not a sponsor of them or get any money when you sign up, but recently I started using Chase and also Amex. Uh, because they give me points for my spending. Mm -hmm. They'll give you three point, I mean three times uh, uh, points for your every dollar you spend or four times points for every dollar you spend. Now, over time, that's a lot of points. Right, so for it, builds it builds up. For example, I've been spending um, uh, money on advertisement, on marketing, on buying inventory, et cetera, and I get three points for that. Well, over time, I looked at my, my statements the other day, and I have over a million dollars in points. That's crazy. Because and, you're going to run the ads anyway. <laughs> right. So why not get the points on top of that? And that million dollar points, I could either, you know, go on vacation. I could either, you know, fly my mama somewhere, right? I could either, you know, get gift cards um, for friends or peers. Or I could cash out. Oh. So that million dollars is worth about $40,000. I love it. Right? So you have to decide, you know. So now that forty k could just go to your pocket because mm -hmm. you could leverage that. And those points never expire. Okay. So a lot of times you'll see in, in the corporate world, people will literally rack up their points until whenever they need it. And they'll have millions of points stored up, stored up for a rainy day. And so I would highly recommend, and again, I, this recording, right? As you listen to it, make sure you check whatever credit card that you're using. What's the reward of you using it? Because what they're doing is, credit card companies are competing for, for your, your business. business. 100%. So what are you getting out of the relationship of the current credit card or if you're in a debit card, you know, going to get a credit card, what are you getting out of that relationship of being a customer of theirs? I love it. Get those points, sis. You know we like to travel. I mean, if the world ever opens up, uh, we want to go back outside or we want 40 grand in our pocket. <laughs> right. And you're spending the money anyway. So it's a win-win um, that's a good tip. I love it. So I've got two last questions for you. We're going to ask you, uh, what are the most common mistakes entrepreneurs are making in digital marketing? Yeah. So I think in, in digital marketing, there, there's... I know there are so many because <laughs> none of us have a clue what we're doing. We're right, just Googling right. it and winging it. Right. Right. I, I think that, um, when it comes to digital marketing, 
people need to understand that if you were to do advertisement or organic, there is a there's a reason why these platforms are free, right? The reason why they're free is for you to use it, but they're also collecting data. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, well, how are businesses leveraging these platforms? And so a lot of times, you know, you follow the money and you realize it's advertisement. So if I were to post on Instagram right now, and let's say I had 100 people following me, about 15 to 20% of those individuals would see that post. But if I ran an ad, all 100 will see that ad. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to pay to play in the market in order to get your business more visibility that it deserves and also to get more sales and put it in front of the right people um, and, and audiences as well. So understand, okay, one, do I need to leverage paid advertisement and starting to go down that path of learning it. The other aspect um, that I see individuals uh, making mistake is they're relying too much on social platforms. Ooh. Because what happens is when Instagram goes down, and we then know what? it does, then what? Have you built communities outside 100%. of these platforms? Been Are there, you, right. <laughs> been there, played myself. <laughs> Don't be like me, y'all. Are you building an email list, right? Yes. Are you building a text list? Yes. Are you building communities outside of social media? Of the social platforms yep. where you have a little bit more ownership of the data that you're collecting. And so don't put all your eggs in one basket, just reorganize, you know, wh- wh- where those eggs fall in that basket. And so um, that's something else that I see people spend more time there. The other thing is, people get overwhelmed with content creation. Mm -hmm. And so one mistake I see entrepreneurs that they don't do is they repurpose their content. Mm -hmm. And so they will try recreating new content on every platform. Every single day, all day. And so when you create content, you have to think about, well, how can I repurpose this? Yes. And then you go into the content creation mode when you identify how you're going to repurpose the content. And so you have to create content with intent. So whether it's going to be on YouTube, whether it's going to be a podcast, can you chop it up and create, uh, you know, something on Instagram feed, right? Mm-hmm. Can you then take the discussion over to Clubhouse, the same topic? Can you then start a Twitter thread and answer in Q&A on that same topic? How can you repurpose that topic and that piece of content where it stretches over the period of two weeks or three weeks or a month where you're just dedicating it to a specific topic? And that has two benefits. A, it's a hundred times easier on you, the content creator and the entrepreneur, and B, it places you as an authority on the subject because people are seeing you talk about the same concept over and over on multiple platforms, and because you keep talking about it, you're getting better at delivering the message. So it's a win-win to be repurposing your content. Yep. I 100% agree because I have to come up with content all the time. (laughs) But y'all will see me dig in the archives and bring you a gem. And then, so my follower count, right, has grown exponentially this year. Those people that I was posting to this time last year, that number of people and this number of people are totally different. Mm. So these new people haven't even seen what I posted last year. So let me dig in the archives, bring this back, and guess what? They love it too because my audience is so targeted. I know what they want. It doesn't matter that my follower count has grown. I'm not confused about what they want. I'm positive of what they want because I dive into the numbers and I get the feedback and I listen to it and I pivot 
accordingly. I literally do this every six months as I go back. And find an old post? And then just restart reposting them. Why not? I look at, okay, what were the ones that did really well? Okay, let me repost 100%. them again. 100%. No one remember. They be they commenting remember. like, ooh, this is good. I'm like, you comment you on comment this <laughs> Actually, I'm sure you have this saved. You double tapped it right. and you screenshot it. But right. okay, sis, if you think it's new, go ahead and go off. <laughs> Uh, so before I let you go, I have to talk about Power Your Launch. So I think, uh, what year did you drop it? Uh, 2019, January 2019. 2019, okay, perfect. So that's how I found you initially. Okay. Was from Power Your Launch. And um, I think I went through like the first, uh, whatever your freebie was. I'm okay. sure I went through it. And then I couldn't afford it. Okay. So I had to log off. I'm going to keep it 100% real with okay, you. Okay. I wasn't rich like I am now. So I couldn't afford it. But I was like, you know what? Soon. I just put it in the universe. Like, I love this program. I believe in it. It's something I want to participate. And I just put it on a shelf. So cut to a few days ago, I wake up to Abu DM and me about a post that I put up on Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying about um, the pay disparity between black and white entrepreneurs. And I definitely did a double take like, oh shit, like I'm such a fan of his work. I can't believe he's DMing me, okay. And because I am all about shooting my shot, I just asked him to be on my show. And because he likes my platform and he knows that my brand and his brand serve the same audience, it made sense for both of us and now he's on my show. So I just wanna, Thank you, A, for being here and just tell you guys, like when you're in alignment, when you're on, um, when you're in your purpose, when you're doing the things you're supposed to do, like sometimes you don't get what you want when you want it, but the universe will double back and take care of you and shock and surprise you in the craziest ways. Right. And you will put yourself in situations that you weren't ready for two years ago. Cause I know I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. That's why I couldn't afford it. Um, to participate in the program because I didn't have my ducks in a row in my business. And even if I had gone through his program, I probably still wouldn't have been as successful as I would be if I go through it now when I A, can afford it, and B, have the tools and systems in place to 10X what I learned from him. So shout out to you. That's how I found you. I appreciate you. that. <laughs> of course, 100%. So tell them, because I know about Power Your Launch, <laughs> clearly. So tell the people about Power Your Launch. Yeah, so uh, Power Your Launch is a marketing accelerator, marketing intensive, that teaches business owners how to market and monetize their business online and on social. And we do this uh, by teaching you um, how to you know, be better at critical thinking, how to read and understand data and, and what your customers are telling you a little bit better, and then how to run advertisement and paid media, how to get in front of your ideal customer, no matter where they are, no matter what time of day, and how to retarget and follow them across the internet, across the social platforms as well. So the purpose of it was when I used to run an agency back in the day, I could only serve so many people. Mm -hmm. So I was helping these black women become millionaires and I'm like, okay, I there's a when you run an agency, there's a capacity on time. Yeah, on clients. And so, and at that point, I got way too expensive, right? I was like, all right, like. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. First hand. I was like, right. I was like, all right. Kind of, you know, so I decided to pivot and I launched the Power Launch Marketing Accelerator. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to put everything that I know, everything that I into do with them. Into a digital package. Into a digital package. I'm going to charge a cheaper rate. And it's funny because when I first launched it, it was $10 a month. 
Now, see, uh-uh. Now, I never got that email. No, where, where, no, hold up. But people told me it was too expensive. What? I know. <laughs> and now, y'all, this program is fire and it's going to change your life. But it definitely is not $10 a month. That is right, insane. Right. People, Where was I? And that's when I realized, okay, never listen to people when it comes to value of your work. Yeah, they don't have a clue. <laughs> and don't listen to people that haven't built anything. Absolutely. Because clearly you coming to me as the expert. So you can't tell me what the price is. The price is the price. Right, correct, correct. And so... So that's what um, it turned out, and I was literally at my mentor's. I was in the kitchen, and at this point, I had just left my job on uh, Wall Street. Mm-hmm. I was running an agency, and we were deciding between, okay, am I going to go get my MBA, or what am I going to do, right? And so my mentor, him and his wife, you know, both Ivy Leagues, you know, MBA Yeah, they're ball. team NBA, yeah, 100%. So, you know, they're, you know, they're both black, and they're successful, and... You know, and I'm like, dang, you know, I That's get great, pressure but... on that side. So they're like, well, what are you going to do next? Because yeah. you don't want to do your agency anymore. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm thinking about launching, you know, this, an accelerator. Maybe I'll teach people. And they're like, okay. And I remember launching it at their kitchen uh, dining table. And I put up a post on Instagram and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to start teaching people ads. Because everyone was already trying to get me as their client. But I'm right. like, I'm not doing that anymore, but I'll teach you how to do it. And then I made 18K soft launch. Love it. And I was like, okay, maybe. I can do something with this. And I went the next <laughs> night when we were at dinner at my mentor's place. And I was like, oh, I made 18K. They're like, what do you mean you made 18K? Yeah, like how? I was like, people paid me 18K. They was like, okay. But like, you should still study for the like, see, GMAT, that's right? that's what I don't And so like. I was like, yeah, y'all right. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe, you know. So then I did another soft launch that same month in January. And I made 12K. And I was like, oh, maybe they're right because now yeah, I'm going down. Yeah, the numbers down. are going down. And so mm-hmm. I brought it back to them. I was like, yeah, I made 12K. They was like, you see, maybe you should study. And so, so that month I made 30K. <laughs> February rolls around. I'm still studying for my MBA. February rolls around. I made 25K. And I'm like, dang, maybe they got me, right? See? They got me. But I was like, well, February is a short month. So. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me. Like, you know what? The two days. And it was right. Valentine's Day. And so it was technically, Valentine's. I made 30. Yeah, right. And I was like, me. all right. So let me try March. March rolls around. And in March, I think I did 75K. You see? Now, those receipts, you cannot deny. Your MBA is not going to put 75K right. in 30 days in your pocket. And then in four months, I made half a million dollars. And I went to them. And I was like, like, look what I did. And they're like, you did this online? Yeah, I <laughs> told like, y'all. People are paying you? Because they thought you were selling uh, waist trainers and flat tummy tees. <laughs> they and so they're like, okay, maybe you should focus on this a little bit more. And so that's how I ended up, you what know. A good story. So this this was my, you know, two years. I was like, okay, either go get an MBA. But this was my, okay, since I'm not going to get an MBA, I'm going to build a business. Yeah. So, um, so at the end of the year, I told them, okay, if I could hit a million dollars, then I'm End not the getting year, my MBA. Then we can't have this discussion right. anymore. Right. You have to accept that <laughs> I'm launching my own thing and that's it. And at the end of the year, I took them all out to dinner. Uh-huh. All his kids, his, you know, his wife, his grandma's, you know, his mom, everybody. And I told them I made a million dollars. I said, get whatever y'all want. Right. I need these it's expenses, right? <laughs> I need the I points. <laughs> I was like, get whatever y'all want. And so that's... that's sort of what sort of launched me into saying, okay, now I'm going to double down and really focus on it. In the digital space. Absolutely. I love it. That is such a good story. See, this is why I'm all like, mm, do you really need to go back to school? Is <laughs> right. that necessary? 
I think we could come up with another plan. So Power Your Launch is out here changing businesses and changing lives and you're teaching strategies for success. Like I've been banging my head against the wall for years with Facebook ads. I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I am ready to get the knowledge I need so that I can move forward in my business. Like that's it so that I can automate and live my best life and not be tied to this freaking computer. I want to not check on my store for a year. <laughs> right, That's right, right. Goals. It, it, It's funny because like as I've been building this um, and teaching people, um, you know, it, it's important to understand that like my wins are tied to their wins, right? Yeah. The reason why this program is out as long as it is because people are seeing results and then I'm like, okay, I'll continue it. Because there are times where I thought about ending it. I was like, should I end it? But then when I'm at the grocery store and some woman approaches me like, Abu, right? The ads, I'm in your program. Like, this is what I've been able to do. Or when I get DMs, you know, every month saying, hey, I just put my two weeks notice in, mm, right? These are right. these are things that push me to continue yeah. trying to add value. The impact that you're making on people. And, and as I do that, then other people also see that. So we have companies that enroll their employees in our program to learn it. And then we have institutions. So full circle moment came around when I got invited to Harvard Business School. Love it. To teach about ads and digital marketing. Love it. So I did get my, or went to grad school. Yeah. Right? I did go MBA route. But they paid you to go Absolutely. instead of the other way around. <laughs> no, see, if that doesn't tell you that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with your life, nothing will. Do not get so hung up on this piece of paper from this school and this mountain of debt and thinking that that is the only thing that will legitimize you. There are other ways and means in 2021 to make money, to run your business and to not just power your launch, but power your life power and live your, your best life and get to the shmoney. We're getting rich or getting drunk trying. And I don't think y'all can do that if you need to be in school 700 hours a day. <laughs> You know how right. <laughs> Harvard Business School. I love it. I love it. So give me a get rich read. What is the book of the week? Because I know you've read five million of them because you're into that. Talk to me. What should we be reading out here? Yeah, that's a good question because I've only been reading tax books. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I've read like 22 tax books in the last uh, few months, but... Um, so I won't go that boring and, and Please, talk about tax. Please, don't kill me. <laughs> so I, I think a, a book that um, I am currently reading that is more about risk and what you know, what sort of legacy you want to leave behind. Okay, I'm here for um, that. It's called The Last Lecture by Randy Posh. Mm -hmm. And it's a book that I was given my senior year of high school when I graduated. And I'm like, who, who is this guy? Like, Randy, like what? <laughs> and I started reading it and what it was saying, so this guy is dying of cancer. Ooh. And I thought it was going to be a sad book. But he was like, well, what am I going to do with the time I have left? Mm -hmm. You know, my kids are born. They, they won't know who I am. And so what sort of mark do I want to leave on the world? Mm -hmm. And so he goes through his life, right? He goes through, here are the things that I, I wanted to do. I wanted to play in the NFL. You know, I got close. I was able to work on these things that contributed to the NFL, right? So, you know, what is that for you, right? If you had a limited amount of time, and this is the same thing that motivated Steve Jobs, right? What's the alternative, right? right? It's death, right? So whatever that is, that it's in front of you that you have that fear of, right? What's the alternative? 
And so what are you willing to do, right? And then what mark do you want to leave on this earth? And so I think that book, because a lot of business books over time, right? If you want a, a good business book is business book is rework you could check out but a lot of things with business books is you find some level of redundancy right you find a level of redundancy and so i read um things that teach me life lessons yeah personal um development. personal development because mm -hmm. at a certain level in order to get to that next level it's all about personal development 100 percent. yeah if you're not prepared mentally to take on those tasks. You can read every book in the world. You can get every piece of paperwork. Your business can make all the money, but you will never grow because you've plateaued as a person. So you can't accept the information, let alone implement it. Uh, you guys know that every week I will have all the info, all of Abu's recommendations in the show notes, all of the uh, links to power your launch, his links to his social platforms, links to all the ways you can work with him. I got y'all. You know I do that every single week. I'd never let you down. I just want to thank you again for joining us. Do you have any last words for the people? I think you dropped so many gems on them. They will be starting this episode over with a notebook. But do you have any last words for the Get Rich crew? You know, I, I think, you know, there was a, there, there's two things, right? There's two things that I, I always reference um, these days um, when I'm thinking about, you know, life and, and where I want to go and the position um, that I'm currently in right now and what I want that to look like. Okay, and I'm excited. Hit one, me with it. One thing is, you know, when I used to be in corporate, I remember coming into the office of the partner and he's like, hey, Abu, you have to, you know, you have to learn how to tread water. I know you could do these things, but you, you got to like work your way up. And in five years, you could finally make your impact. And that's when I learned early on, you know, treading water is the same as drowning. Ooh. Right. So for some of you that are in that position, you have to make a decision, mm -hmm. right? To this sink is, or swim. Exactly. This is what makes you the CEO of your life is by making decisions. So what decision are you going to make that's going to change that trajectory? And a lot of times you know this in your heart because you have this internal conflict. The second thing, and I was just talking to one of my peers the other day, and he was like, Abu, what people don't understand is that the easiest lane is your lane. Yes, I just talked about that. It's your lane. Yeah. So you don't have to try to be like anyone else. Yep, don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like Abu. It's pointless. We got this mastered. You need to go master being yourself. You were given a gift from the universe. You would not be here otherwise. Why not capitalize on something you're 99% better than anybody else in the world at doing. Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, those two things right now are the two mottos that I look at the most. Um, but I'm truly appreciative you giving me the time, energy, space, and your platform to be on uh, this podcast. Um, you know, I think what you are doing and what you're building and you know, the, the post that you have posted on your story was informative, right? It was given information and you were trying to bring transparency yeah. on what's actually happening and have discussions around it. So I think the work that you're doing is needed, right? It may have taken you a while to get here, <laughs> yes. right? But like, that doesn't mean that, you know, the value that you can add here won't be tremendous. So thank you for what you're doing and what you continue to do and, you know, uh, building this community as well that you have. And so super appreciative. And um, yeah, I can't thank you enough. You're good. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. It's a love fest, y'all. That's how you know it's the end of the show. It's time for some Moscow mules. Um, we will have more 
with Abu. I am going to finesse him into coming back on the show. So don't y'all worry about it. Stay tuned uh, for part two soon. And I love you guys. And I will see you next week.